0: Welcome to Dragon's Rest, a podcast about the fantasy tavern where all great adventures get their start. It's here you'll meet a wannabe hero, a misanthropic bartender, a washed-up mage, a dim-witted bard, and a braggadocious dwarf. Created by Darcy Thompson and starring a cast of talented storytellers, each week promises a fresh keg of laughter and misadventure. So come on down to Dragon's Rest. Visit dragonsrestshow.com for more.
1: This podcast contains adult content suitable for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised.
0: I ain't like that anymore. I don't kick off like before. I'm more relaxed, I'm all formed, I hate. Welcome,
1: firestorm. traveler, to the morbid forest. Hello there, my happy traveler couple. Aren't you both just bursting with love and happiness? Oh, planning to take this to the next step, are we? have plans to meet the folks. Hopefully, it will go better than it did for a friend of mine. Come, take a walk with me, and I'll tell you all about my girlfriend's father.
2: The worst part of any buddy relationship is the moment you have to meet the parents. Such was the case between my girlfriend and I. We were madly in love and felt like we were cresting that region of forever love. So I brought it up to her. I was expecting hesitancy, even some mild resistance. However, nothing prepared me for the absolute mortification rippling across my girlfriend's face.
1: You can't meet them.
2: I reared back in shock. You're joking, right? I don't, I don't think they're not going to like me. It'll be fine. She shook her head and began to back away. Her body racked with fear.
1: No, you just... You just can't. Trust me. If you love me, you'll let this go. It's not necessary.
2: Okay, okay. We don't have to do the whole meet the parents thing, okay? The relief on her face was so immediate, it made me see stars. As the years progressed, I forgot all about the incident. Our love blossomed in the most fragrant roses, similar to the perfume she always wore. Our home constantly smelled sweet, like a field of jasmine. It filled my heart with an abundance of warmth, and it didn't take long for me to decide on a proposal. Now, I was a traditional Southern boy, and my love's request to leave her family well enough alone just did not sit right with me and my strong values. I should have seen the signs. She had a few friends and never spoke of her family ties. Yet, my meddling mind tossed and turned each night my proposal date drew near, leaving me, at the time, with no choice.
1: (laughs) I'll be back later tonight, okay? I can't wait for my surprise.
2: My love kissed me on the cheek and bounded out the door. Now was my chance. At the age of information access at one's fingertips, it was surprisingly easy. Almost laughed even to track down my girlfriend's father. My stomach dipped at disobeying her wishes, but I had to do the right thing. She'll be happier in the end. She'll see. The drive was easy, if a little long. I didn't mind. It gave me plenty of time to rehearse my speech to the wide-open plains. As I pulled into the dirt driveway, I was a little taken aback. The home was barely a rundown shanty. The paint had grayed from many harsh winters. Some of the windows were speckled with boards, nailed in haphazard patterns across the face and side of the home. Unlocking my phone, I double-checked the address. Nope. This was the right place. I knocked on the door the sound of shuffling feet and muttering squeezed from the cracks under the door. I moved back a step just as the door swung open wide, revealing a frumpy, hunched man in a poorly buttoned shirt. His annoyed tone and overtly assessing gaze had the moisture escaping from my tongue. Can I help you? I coughed before replying, <clears throat> y- Yes, sir. Uh, my-, my name's Daniel, and I've been dating your daughter, Elaine, for the past few years. The man simply stared at my omission. One hand coming to rest on the crooked screen door. Sorry, I know this is coming straight out of left field. And, and, and I know we've never met before, but I plan on asking Elaine to marry me. And it, it just didn't seem right uh, without coming to you first. I know, I, I know we've never met at all. But I wanted to do this much, if Elaine and I were going to take the next steps in life. I was rambling, my words coming out all jumbled, and not in the smooth, rehearsed speech I had prepared on the drive over. What did you just say, boy? I was so startled by the question, I only stammered and replied. Excuse me? I asked. The screen door swung open, its face smashing into the side of the house, so hard flakes of dust rained down from the porch overhang. Elaine's father stepped through the withering doorframe, his knobbly fingers digging into my shirt to drag me close. His eyes were ablaze with rage, but the edges were clouded with a deep-rooted sadness I nearly choked on. Are you on drugs or something, huh? Or is this some shit-twisted joke? Who put you up to this, huh? I panted on his words, my mind trying to grasp his reaction but coming up short. No, no, sir, I swear. This isn't a joke. I, I'm i really dating Elaine, I swear. Elaine's soft voice filtered through my mind, warning me against coming here, pleading with me to heed her warning. However, I was too stubborn to listen. For a moment, the man froze, hands shaking within the folds of my wrung-out shirt. We stood for a moment, breathing each other's air, eyes never wavering. With a sound of disgust, Elaine's father pushed me away, my feet faltering on the uneven floorboards sending me tumbling down to the short flight of stairs. As the dust settled, Elaine's father scowled down at me, eyes filled with malice. My daughter died seven years ago, you worthless sycophant. And I ought to kick your ass until you tell me who put you up to this shit. Because it ain't the least bit funny. Now get off my damn property before I change my mind. With that, the old man climbed the steps and slammed the door to his house. My drive home was a blur. Elaine's father's words whirling around and around on a perverted merry-go-round. My daughter died seven years ago. My daughter died seven years ago. My daughter died seven years ago. As I stepped through our home, once filled with warmth, all I found was an arctic house and the lingering sickly sweet scent of dead jasmine in the air.
1: Mm, It does get lonely here from time to time, but I have you, the travelers, and, of course, the beings that traverse this plane. So I do my best not to dwell on... My more... human... emotions. (laughs) Of course, I still love you, my one-eyed friend. The better question is... Do you... love me?
0: So, do you want to hear it from the beginning? I every detail from the moment I laid eyes on her in a high school geometry class to my teenage pining, of the electricity pulsing through every fiber every time I saw her face or got the smallest hint of her perfume, of our awkward courtship and my undeniable shock when she agreed to be mine, and outline of our lives outside the high school perhaps, of my mediocre successes and dismal disposition, I could tell you about the ring I gave her, which was not suited for even a sewer rat. I could tell you all these things and more. Our courthouse wedding and store-carry bundle on the way. But you aren't interested in that, are you? So let me instead tell you about the night I got the phone call. My phone rang through the speakers in my car and I pushed the talk button on the steering wheel. Hey, babe. Vivian's honey tone flooded the space.
1: Are you almost home? I'm thinking it's a smoke, cuddle, and movie type of night.
0: I chuckled. <laughs> Sounds like my kind of night. I'll be home in about 20 minutes. Okay.
1: I love you more than bees love honey. Do you love me?
0: It was our special thing to end most conversations this way. A little quirk I couldn't wait to do with our baby girl. Yes, sweetheart, I love you more than all the honey in the hive. Oh. Did I mention this story is a tragedy? I threw my keys on the entryway table as I took my jacket off and hung it on the hall rack. Light splashing filtered from the upstairs bathroom, and I smirked as I headed towards the sound. I pushed the door open, my fingers loosening the knot of my tie. You need some company or possibly a sponge bath? Vivian stared at the ceiling hand lying limply over the rim of the tub, a half-finished weed roach dangling from her slender fingers. I chuckled. (laughs) Couldn't wait for me, huh? There was no reply. Viv? My eyes trailed down her body, her pregnant belly cresting the surface of the water to form a perfectly round deserted island in the middle of a red sea. Vivian! Days to come were the worst I had ever experienced. I called 911, wrapping my tie and shirt around the deep gashes lining her wrists. The ambulance and police arrived, but were far too late for my love. Do you love me? Her words whispered harshly in my ear, following me around corners, to work, and even into a few hours of fitful sleep. Do you love me? They followed me to her funeral in my face as I stared down her lifeless form, as well wishers milled past. They squeezed my ribs taut, as Vivian's grandmother approached me during the wake to place her engagement ring in my shaking hand. Do you love me? If only it were a token acceptable enough for Charon to usher me to my lost love. Do you love me? Years passed in a blur, as expected when someone's universe is anchored by another soul I spun out of orbit, lost forever in time and space. I dived deep into drugs and anything that would silence those final words for just a little while. Naturally, my family and friends tried to help, but like any anecdote of tragedy, I would have none of it. I wanted to lose myself because I had lost her. Those were the dark years as my Therapist likes to say. Eventually, I was able to bounce back. Landed a decent job. Even started dating again. Angela was a sweet redhead I met at work. But the sensation of cheating on Vivian never left me. It was ridiculous, sure. But when you lose true love, that hole can never truly be filled.
1: Can I ask you a question?
0: We were lying in bed, the TV playing something I wasn't particularly paying attention to. Uh, yeah, what is it? Angela bit her lip, her eyes on the screen before she turned to me.
1: Why do you wear that ring around your neck?
0: My heart stopped. I don't think I even took a breath. I knew this was coming, and tried to avoid it as best I could. My therapist said I should have told Angela months ago, but kept putting it off. It was finally time, but was I really ready? I took one look at Angela, at her soft eyes and open expression, and I told her. We cried together that night, Angela holding me tight. I felt for the first time the weight of what happened started to lift. We made love that night, and for the first time, the ring sat forgotten on the bedside table. A week passed before the first nightmare, I'd wake in a cold sweat, Vivian's last words chasing me into consciousness. Do you love me? Angela was there each time I woke, holding me tight and doing her best to chase the words away, but they only seemed to get worse. Vivian stalked my every sleeping moment, hounding at my dreaming soul, hounding me for my betrayal.
1: I loved you and you replaced me. You told me you loved me. You're a liar.
0: I wish I'd never met you. But through it all, Angela was there. Months passed and the dreams began to ebb as my new love alleviated the pressure of my dead one. I knew it wasn't healthy for me to hold on to such a strong tragedy. Angel and I settled into normalcy as we moved into a small one-bedroom apartment, I tried to move forward. I really did, but I guess I'm just a weak person. It didn't take long for the necklace and ring to make its way back around my neck. Like a salve on a burn, my soul was instantly soothed, my mood and sleep improving overnight. I was sitting at the kitchen table, whining from work as Angela breezed through the door. I didn't look up for my phone right away, but still greeted her as I heard her untangling herself from what I'm sure was a long day, like my own. Hey, um, I was thinking about ordering from the new Thai place on Beamer. What do you think? I looked up from my phone as her footsteps entered the dining room. I startled, my eyebrows shooting off my face. Her bold red hair was gone replaced with the deepest black I had ever laid my eyes on since... since her.
1: <laughs> you like it?
0: She flipped the hair from side to side, giggling as I reeled on the inside.
1: I figured it was time for a change.
0: Yeah, it, it looks great, babe. My cheeks hurt with the weight of the lie as I crossed the room to hug her. Why? Just fucking Why? My heart thrashed against my ribs as I tried to rein in my emotions. A thought crossed my mind, one from the darkest corner. Did she think by dyeing her hair like Vivian, I would love her more? That was absurd, right? It was stupid to think that way. Angela would never do something like that. But still, the thought lingered in my mind long after the meal I had barely tasted. So the descent began. Down. Down in a place I thought I would not have to live again. A life on repeat. Only the characters were no longer the same.
1: We're having a baby!
0: Angela squealed with glee as she waved a disgusting pea stick in my face. I smiled and shuffled through all the correct responses. Hating myself for not ending it when I should have. But I was too much of a coward, to Mostly, I hated Angela. A small voice inside of me told me it wasn't her fault. But my hatred's voice was far too loud. How dare she force me to stay? How dare she attempt to replace the only woman that I ever truly loved? But I stayed... For the baby, I told myself. But I knew I was deluding myself to the fact that my heart had died that fateful evening in the bathtub all those years ago. Angela's belly grew hand in hand with my hatred for the woman as months passed us by. I knew a part of me loved the child cocooned in her belly. Could I really love the vessel once the baby arrived? As if sent from heaven to heal my shattered heart, Vivian began to visit my dreams again. They were no longer play with hurtful accusations, only love and acceptance.
1: Do you still love me?
0: As much as bees love honey. You know what you have to do. The water was warm as it lapped tightly over my chest. I allowed my wrist to fall beneath the surface, the water turning a pale pink in their wake. I closed my eyes, my head beginning to swim. Do you love me? My voice cracked, afraid it wouldn't work. Slowly, I opened my eyes and wept with joy as Vivian's beautiful face loomed over me.
1: As much as bees love honey. This has been a Morbid Forest production and on this very special double feature you've heard My Girlfriend's Father and Do You Love Me. Both were written by Sean Moreau with narration provided by Matthew Trevino, Sean Conkling-Mathot, Sean Moreau, Jen Oven, and Naomi Richards. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and on Discord to stay up to date on the latest and greatest with The Morbid Forest. Don't forget to rate and review on your favorite platform and help us reach more travelers out there just like you. And with that, travelers, next week is our big season finale. And we can't wait to show you what we have for you. And with that, we hope you have a very happy Valentine's Day. And we'll see you next time, travelers, on The Morbid Forest.
0: Welcome to Dragon's Rest, a podcast about the fantasy tavern where all great adventures get their start. It's here you'll meet a wannabe hero, a misanthropic bartender, a washed-up mage, a dim-witted bard, and a braggadocious dwarf. Created by Darcy Thompson and starring a cast of talented storytellers, each week promises a fresh keg of laughter
2: and misadventure. So come on down to Dragon's Rest. Visit DragonsRestShow.com for more.